0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McClain podcast. This is Casey McClain and this is very likely the last episode of Nobody Likes Casey McClain this year. And uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'll be in Indiana on Thursday. I'm probably just going to try to spend some time with my family. If you've been on uh, social media at all and know anyone that lives in the Northwest, you know, it's snowing like crazy here. So I'm probably going to end up going and uh, spending the night up by the SeaTac airport on Wednesday night and uh, waking up early and just taking the uh, one variable out of my drive, which is the potential for overnight snow or overnight freezing and having to be driving at four in the morning because I'm going out to Indiana very, very early. And uh, it's yeah, it's going to be fucking stressful as it is to be in there that early. So to take the one variable out, which is the potential for traffic or too much snow or, uh, slow driving because of icy roads or whatever, to take that one variable out is, uh, is valuable to me. I've missed one flight. I missed it in uh, April, 2021. My, uh, I've talked about it on the podcast flight to Oklahoma city. And now I, don't, I never want to miss a flight again in my life. Never again do I want to miss a flight in my life. Um, I have a couple new year's resolutions for this podcast. One is more guests two is to figure out how to make Patreon worth your while so that you few that would probably pay for Patreon can, uh, get in and enjoy it. And then, uh, and then, uh, I want to get this podcast back on video. That's another thing that I'd like to do and get more guests. I've got some guests lined up. It's not even part of the thing is it's just, um, man, it's just so like, it's funny because at the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing like a couple podcasts a week with guests and then it's just drug on so long that we're like, it's so it's been so goddamn depressing. And, uh, I think that maybe remote guests are the future for everything, so I'm not against remote guests. I did, uh, I did record a podcast recently with an in-person guest in my house, and that was very fun. A uh, buddy of mine, you'll uh, you'll probably see that on a. We could very well be starting a uh, a different podcast coming up, so keep your eyes and ears out, and I'll let you know what that is. Um, I'm hitting podcasts hard again and, uh, I'm I'm, I'm breaking my rule of just having one podcast. I'm going to have more than one podcast in uh, 2022. So, um, anyway, podcast back on video guests, figure out something to make Patreon worthwhile, start promoting this thing. Like I care about it at all. That'd be good. All those things would be good. Um, Come see me in Indiana. I've got some dates. The calendar's starting to fill in. I booked some. Uh, I booked a, a date in April and July today. That was pretty exciting. One of those good days where you book two weekends in one day. Comedy really is a feast or famine thing. Um, yeah. So I'm fucking tired. I had a great Christmas. I had a great Christmas, and it seemed like it never ended. We stopped. We gave our daughter her last gifts of the year today. I'm recording this on Monday night. She had I mean first off my family followed our wishes which is to give to put most of your gift giving effort into our daughter. My wife and I need nothing. We're uh you know we're firmly in the the middle class or upper middle class depending on where you draw the line on those. We're doing fine. We have everything we are great American consumers already. We don't need gifts. So I got a I got a my wife gave me some great like brewery t-shirts and, uh, she got me a bottle of bourbon that I really like some beers that I love. My sister got me this amazing bottle of tequila. My mom got me a, a gift card to one of my favorite Tacoma restaurants. Um, so yeah, I mean, my dad got me a bunch of shit, a gift card to a Porter in York, which is a meat place second year in a row. Uh, I mean, just, just a very great, Uh, year and great Christmas. My daughter, my in-laws spoiled my daughter and my wife and I, I cooked a fucking prime rib. Well, prime rib. That's like the name everyone uses, but I cooked a rib roast. It was choice grade officially. So uh, anyway, very, very fun time. And I, we started drinking at, uh, We started drinking, my wife and I opened a bottle of champagne at like 7.45 a.m. Christmas morning. This is a a tradition that I'm very happy my in-laws have brought into my life, which is on holidays like this, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, on Easter, these kind of like family gathering holidays, no matter what time it is, the moment we start celebrating, we kick off that celebration with some champagne. And I'm not even a big champagne fan, but the ritual is nice. That's what I like about drinking now more than anything. I like, uh, I certainly like the taste of alcoholic beverages. And I like, I like that like three drink buzz. If I could just hold the three drink buzz for a whole night, that's great. And I'm getting, I, every year I get better at doing that. It's rare that I'm like truly off my ass drunk, um, I think did Christmas night did I get did I get drunk I had I've gotten so much good alcohol recently that I've I've been uh, partaking oh I've been partaking I decided my uh, my sister and I are going to get into mixology that's the hipster thing we're going to do this year um that's a new year's resolution by the way start drinking more hard alcohol <laughs> uh, I started making I made some uh, I make a great whiskey sour I make it the old-fashioned way with an egg white in it. You shake it with an egg white in it, so uh, um, it's fantastic. It great. It gives it like a kind of like if you've ever had a hazy IPA, it gives it a comparable mouthfeel, like a like some body and some juiciness and some like kind of substantial substantiality. Is that a word? I really like it. I really like the a whiskey sour. May this is the ingredients. Uh, I don't remember in what what proportions, but whiskey, I used uh, Buffalo Trace, Um, simple syrup, lemon juice, and an egg white. It's the bomb. It's the bomb. I'm bringing back the bomb. It's so good. It's the bomb. Uh, I'm also, by the way, I've eaten so much fucking candy and drank. I've had so much. So many different kinds of alcohol, so much candy, so much cured meat, so much rare steak. I got heartburn and acid reflux like crazy. It's the sign of a good Christmas. So many cookies. Oh my God. I weighed myself the other day and I was like, oh shit, now I'm not actually doing that bad this holiday season. And I think I just used that as an excuse to go fucking buck wild on the actual Christmas holiday. So, uh, anyway. Thank you guys for listening and for uh, for listening the whole year. I've really, um, I don't know if the podcast is getting better or worse, but I'm enjoying it more. I look forward to doing it. It's like a nice opportunity to vent. I don't know that I've gotten like I've heard comics talk about getting material out of it. I don't know if I've gotten that out of it necessarily, but I've definitely enjoyed it. It's good to vent. It's good to and then it's, you know, sometimes I listen back and I'm like, Hey, this isn't so bad. It's not, it's not a laugh a minute, but it's, it's, uh, it's all right. I was right about Omicron by the way, huh? CDC, uh, the CDC is removing the, or uh, pulling back some restrictions. Um, it's debatable whether that's going to be the way that every locality reacts. I kind of feel like, uh, the County. I live near King County where Seattle is, is going to overreact to this. By the way, if you want to, this, these are all subject to change by the way, but January 20th, I will be at, um, oh man, it's happy. I always, I can't, I just don't trust that. I know the name Olympia happy hour Olympia. What are you called? It's just called happy hour Olympia. It's a small wine bar, holds like 35. So on a January 20th, I'll be there. January 21st, North Bend Theater with Gabriel Rutledge. Uh, this is all, of course, after I'm at um, Fort Wayne, Indiana with Steve Renazzisi for New Year's. February 4th and 5th, I'm headlining Honey, Social Club and Eatery, Eatery and Social Club, whatever. I'm headlining that. March oh February 19th. I'm headlining the rendezvous in Seattle. That's a Saturday. Ooh boy. Let's uh let's I actually book some dates that I need to get on my fucking calendar. Let's let's look at the dates that I have. Um come on, where are you at? Where are you at? I'm not sure who I'm working with, but these are shows that I'm featuring on. I will be at Um, I will be at the castle in Port Townsend, Washington, March 19th. I will be at Riverside golf course in Chehalis, February 12th. Um, and then April 1st and 2nd Skyline comedy club headlining out there. Do I have anything booked in May yet? I don't know. Do I have anything booked in June yet? I don't know. June or July 14th through 16th. I will be at, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't have a, I don't have a date yet, or I don't have a a location that I can say yet, but I don't think anyway, I don't think it's been announced, but if you were in Louisville, come on out. It'll be very fun. Is that, that's, by the way, that was not even an attempt at a Kentucky accent, but I feel like it was sounded stupid enough that it sounded like I was trying to do a Kentucky accent. I apologize to everyone in Kentucky and outside of Kentucky. No good. I don't know why it sounded like that. Come on out. That's like almost, it felt like it was like halfway between Australian and Southern. But again, completely on accident. Um. All right. So I said that I would talk about it and I will. I'm going to do it at the end of the podcast. I'm going to talk about the Louis C.K. special so that anyone that wants to be offended by that can listen to as much of this podcast as they uh as they need to or as they can before reaching the part that offends them. And we'll talk about that in some depth uh around that time. Okay. Joe Biden. Is this where we want to go? No, let's let's do a couple positive <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh let's do a couple positive things. I just got done reading, and by reading I mean listening to the audiobook of Mel Brooks's uh memoirs I think it's called All About Me, Mel Brooks, All About Me. It's very good if you like Mel Brooks uh, and if you like any of his work. He's got some very, very famous works. What I know him best for is Blazing Saddles, but I think the thing that he did that's like the most career-defining is probably The Producers. He also did Young Frankenstein and um, Spaceballs and a bunch of other stuff. He talks about it all, and it's very cool to hear. It's cool to hear about what comedy used to be like because it's so different from what it's like now. Like, he was just, like, some punk kid that Sid Caesar hired to write for him, and now, like, to even get to submit to fucking a writing room, you got to have an agent and uh, be some marginalized identity and it's it's diff it's more difficult. There's more people vying for those jobs now. And uh and more types of people getting them, which is good. We could we'll we'll qualify what the past thing with there is progress, but it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. And uh but also Mel Brooks, one of the most brilliant comedy minds ever. He's ninety five years old and he read the memoir himself. That should be worth something. If you're interested in it, go check it out. I really liked it. It's a little bit, there's a little bit of cheese on it in that it's like, oh, here's an old guy talking about things in like kind of old guy terms. Like the his phrasing is very funny because, I mean, I, like you might expect it, it reminds me of my grandpa. And uh, Mel, it's, what's crazy is Mel Brooks is 95 years old, I guess. I don't know what my grandpa would have been. My grandpa fought in the Korean War. Mel Brooks still alive fought in World War II. I think he fought at the very end of World War II. He was a he was a soldier back when there was a draft and everyone was a soldier. Um one thing I found interesting is he didn't talk he talked about his wife Ann Bancroft who he married in uh, 1964. She died in 2005 and he talked about how sad he was when she died. And he talked a little bit about death. But he didn't talk a ton about being married. He didn't talk about his first wife, uh, Florence Baum, who I know nothing about, but who uh, who he was married to for almost 10 years. And uh, that was interesting. It's not like the most personal book around. There's some fan service. There's some... Uh, some glossing some probably necessary glossing, but very funny, very funny, very interesting. Um, anyway, also curb your enthusiasm. Let me be the people, the person to tell you that Mel Brooks is good. First person to say that. And then also curb your enthusiasm, which by the way, he, uh, Mel Brooks talks about, there's a season of curb your enthusiasm where they like kind of recreate the story of the producers. uh, using Larry David as one of the, one of the cast members. And it's great. It's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic season. And yeah, Mel Brooks is good. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, by the way, has now the, so the original Curb Your Enthusiasm hour special came out in 20 or sorry, 2000. The original one hour special predates nine eleven, and season eleven just wrapped up, and now I'll I'll say of season ten. Oh wait, sorry, hour special uh, nineteen ninety nine. The first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm aired in two thousand. So, oh man, and the second one I think. Started filming pre nine eleven first first uh, Caesar first episode released September twenty third two thousand one. So I watched I've watched the whole thing multiple times been through it several times it's it's uh, on par with Seinfeld for me in fact I'd probably argue that it's better than Seinfeld if I was being completely honest it's not just vulgar <clears throat> but it's very good and oh man, this reminds me. So the, uh, season eight came out in 2011 and my wife and I moved into our first apartment together. in I think August of 2011, which at the time we were like, didn't have, we had free cable through our apartment building, but we were trying to conserve expenses. And to that end, I went to, before we even got internet, we were going to get internet, but we, I went to this coffee shop and I downloaded using a torrent site, season eight, what, what had come out so far of season eight of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was a lot of the season. And the next time I went to the coffee shop, they had a thing up that was like, if you're going to use our internet to torrent stuff, fuck you. Don't use our internet. Don't be our customer. You fucked us, Comcast or whoever. It wasn't even Comcast. It was a, a different internet company. It ended up being the internet company that we had, by the way. Um... Because we couldn't get Comcast. And they were very strict about copyright infringement. <laughs> and uh, I remember I downloaded something illegally, and they called me the next day. And they were like, we know that you downloaded this. I think I finished uh, downloading Curb Your Enthusiasm, actually. And they were like, we have a record of you downloading this. You can't do that again. So I was very careful. They, and they said three strikes, and we cut your internet off. My apartment building had like an exclusivity contract with this internet company. So if they cut me off, I am fucked. And uh, so I was very careful, very careful. And then I I tried to, I would only do my illegal downloading on like (laughs) public internet, like Wi-Fi stuff, communal Wi-Fi stuff. And I downloaded a bunch of stuff and I forgot that I left the torrent program open. And I opened it up and I downloaded just a little bit and I shut it off. The next day, I got a call, and they were like, "You are out. If we catch you downloading one more thing, you are out." So that day, I deleted all the torrent shit off my computer, so I couldn't make that mistake again. And I've been uh, crime free ever since. I'm i uh, I'm a reformed man. Um, but Curb Your Enthusiasm, I will say this season, uh, ten, which was. Th- Also came out in the pandemic. Uh, Oh, shit. I guess it didn't. It uh, predates the pandemic. My bad. God, this thing feels like this time doesn't matter at all. Came out January 19th, 2020. I thought that Larry David and Jeff Garland and the creators of Curb Your Enthusiasm had lost their fastball. Um, They were older. So season 9 came out in 2017 and these are old men already so a couple of years removed 2017 season 9 was uh 6 years after the previous season like we're getting to the point where when Larry David uh how old is Larry David now he's this man is old Let's find Larry David's age So he's 74 which means when this when the special came out in 99 he was what, fifty two years old? That's it it's amazing to even Larry David has been 70 in my mind for two decades. And I mean again, one of the funniest uh comedy writers ever, one of the funniest comedic actors ever. Uh and I thought they had lost I mean, I'm still gonna watch. Listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a uh hardcore fan. So I was gonna watch either way. They don't have to be good for me. I'm going to watch on a nostalgia basis alone or at minimum. So, however, as it turns out, they were very good. I very much enjoyed uh, this season, season 11, episode four, uh, very good. Oh, I didn't even get to this point earlier. I'm so goddamn hungover right now because I just drank all weekend. I was drinking till one in the morning yesterday and it's now, it's eight o'clock at night, but I slept about five hours, worked a full day. I'm fucking tired. I had, I gave, we finished giving my daughter gifts moments ago. Um, I'm fucking tired, but season 11, I would say it's not, you know, you're not seeing Nolan Ryan in his late twenties. You're seeing, Maybe Nolan Ryan in his late 30s. We haven't reached the 40s yet. The fastball is still there, though. He can rare back every now and then. In season 11, episode 4, is like a top five episode of the of the show ever. I loved it. All right, one more thing before we get to the Louis special. Um. This guy called in to, what is this? Uh, I don't even know what NORAD is, but he called into uh, Joe and Jill Biden, uh, Dr. Jill Biden. And I'm just going to play it. Hopefully it comes through.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful
0: hey, Christmas. Wolf. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon.
1: Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, buddy. <laughs>
0: Okay, so people are mad. This Let's Go Brandon thing, by the way. The Let's Go Brandon thing is very funny. Um, People have said horrible things about Donald Trump and about conservative presidents. They also said horrible things about Barack Obama. This is a pretty tame political joke, I gotta say. If you don't know the story, Let's Go Brandon comes from a... uh, Oh man, let me. Maybe I can pull that up uh, in the meantime because let's go, Brandon. NASCAR. It comes from a NASCAR race uh, where a NASCAR driver. Here we go. Maybe this will play it. Maybe it won't. No, that's not the video. That's a pretty. All right, here we go.
1: Thank you to all of our partners. Oh, my God. It's just such an unbelievable moment.
0: Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the the crowd. Fuck Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first
1: two stages and just walk.
0: So that's you can pretty obviously hear that the crowd is saying, fuck Joe Biden, which is, by the way, it's weird that uh there's like weird places that chant is popping up. And I'm not... uh I'm not – first off, I'm not sensitive at all. I think that it's the American – it's your uh, American right as a conservative or a liberal to hate the president, to hate what they stand for, and to hate these corporate politicians. And it's – as – I'm like a pretty liberal guy, and I felt for mainstream conservatives at how embarrassed they had to be at Donald Trump. Oh, fuck. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Donald Trump is, like, going full, like, uh, Donald Trump's going to dye his hair green pretty soon and start uh, marching for BLM. I'm going to play this uh, this clip. So I think it was last week. Maybe I didn't play it, but we don't need to, we don't need to, um, well, let's see. Donald Trump, Bill O'Reilly. Did I play that last week? If not, let's see if I can. See if I can pull it off Twitter. Big question is: Did China do this on? No, this is this is from before. Let's see. We're, let's see. Donald Trump. Keywords, everybody. I'm giving you the keywords to find these videos yourself. Frankly, okay, it is. With- president yeah.
1: and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so. Um- oh, don't, don't, don't 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 don't. That's all. It's a very tiny group over there. Both the president.
0: All right, let's let's see if I can find a longer vert. No, that's Anyways, the gist of that is that he's on this uh he's at this thing with Bill O'Reilly and he says that he got the vaccine, he got the booster, people started booing. And then Donald Trump told these people that they should get vaccinated. They should have the right to not get vaccinated, but they should get vaccinated. And I was, oh yeah, I, we talked about this cuz I was reading the comments. Anyways, let's hear what he said to Candace Owens. And I believe, okay.
1: Died under COVID this year, by the way. More yeah. people have died Hold under on, COVID this, is, this year, by the way. This is bad
0: pod. I'm, I'm a I'm not a great podcaster, everybody. Special episode of Candace. No, maybe, oh, here we go. Here we go. This is, is this exciting? Give me some feedback on this. Is it exciting to just hear me fuck with technology in the background?
1: We learned a couple of things over the last number of years. Number one. The press is among the most dishonest group of people ever anywhere, no matter what. They're corrupt. Mm. And number two, we have corrupt. I agree with them there, by the way. And we've got to straighten out the the elections. And you're only going to straighten out the press if you allow people to sue with a meaningful law. So if they write libelous and terrible things, they don't want that to happen. They don't want that because they want to do it the way they're doing it. New York it. Times versus Sullivan should be reversed. It should be reversed. Absolutely. And I, I think Justice Thomas is saying, like, I think it should be reversed, or he made a statement to that effect. But if they write something totally malicious, libelous, whatever you want to call it, it your lawyers will tell you don't bother suing because you can't sue. Because you're. A if you want to straighten out the press, give us the right to sue. Give people the right to sue the press, where it's meaningful, where they have to pay a big penalty. When they get caught, because they're caught all the time, you have to be able to do something about. I agree. It. All
0: right, that's not the <laughs> that's not the clip that I was looking for. Maybe it's. Um, oh yeah, here we go. This is the this is the one. This is the one I think.
1: I'm so proud of what we did with the vaccine, but it shouldn't be mandated, and it just shouldn't be. And you know, the other thing is, a lot of people that get it, you had it, you had it. You had it. Did mm-hmm. you get COVID? Uh, no. You didn't get it. Doesn't like me. I don't. I, did you have the vaccine? No. Doesn't know. I've been all around the world. I don't know. I don't. I think they should study me. They should study me. They're afraid me. It's it's a scary thing, but it's it's afraid of you. My husband had it, though. Yeah. But now your husband is now essentially immune. He's got a protection. They won't won't give. No, they won't give credit to it.
0: All right. What the fuck? Why can't I find the clip that was so goddamn? um here we go maybe this is it maybe this is it there's just too much candace owens going right now in
1: terms of big pharma which is a huge topic on the minds of, of mothers especially you're seeing what's happening at these school board meetings where do you stand on these vaccine mandates and obviously i know that you are you are pro vaccine obviously you did everything you could to get this vaccine out. i know are was we're one of the vaccine. greatest achievements we did in less than nine months and to be able to do that but yeah, we're, but now it's taken years. a twist right it's, it's gotten now we went from this is a good thing and people should have this option yeah. to military men you're going to have to resign because you're not getting this vaccine where do you stand on that well i stand on forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom but at the same time the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind we would have had a 1917 Mm -hmm. remember the spanish flu killed perhaps 100 million people actually it ended the first world war because the soldiers was a lot of people
0: Okay, so I don't know what what ended the first world. War. I don't really care about that part, but the I do think that Donald Trump is right. I think this is this vaccine getting to market so quickly is one of the greatest achievements in human history. It's the best thing that it's can can it even be argued that it's the best thing from Donald Trump's presidency is that he got the, he helped get this obviously Donald Trump's not in a fucking lab coat, but he got this like and This thing he's doing where he's going on, like, a pro-vaccine tour. First off, everybody doesn't realize this, but I think he's going to fuck around and make a lot of moderates turn back towards him. Because the vaccine's very popular. Like, 85% of adults in this country have at least one dose of the vaccine. It's very popular. And so, this idea that anti-vaxxers make up a large portion of the country is fucking incorrect. So it's possible that Donald Trump is even anti-vaccine. I don't think he's anti-vaccine. He's been pro-vaccine from day one. He got it publicly. He said he got the booster, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, I think that calling him anti-vax is an enormous mischaracterization and goes into that thing, actually, that he said about the media earlier. But if you are a liberal and you want people to get vaccinated, you should be fucking celebrating these things that he's saying. This is... How you make that happen is to have the guy, the most influential guy on the other side, start to agree with you. And people are not doing that. It's, I will say to go back to the let's go Biden thing, uh, Joe Biden actually saying, let's sorry, let's go Brandon. Joe Biden going or actually saying, let's go Brandon on a recorded, like on video, is truly the funniest thing to happen <clears throat> in presidential politics since Donald Trump scheduled a press conference for the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company, which was like a full-on curbier en- or not a not a full-on curbier enthusiasm episode. It was like an episode of Arrested Development. It was you cannot write a better if you wrote that into a fucking movie or a sitcom, you'd be like, this is not believable. Come on. There's no campaign is going to be this fucked up. But they were. Um all right, the Louis special. It's called Sorry. Let's see. Did he record it at Mad- it recorded at Madison Square Garden? Let's see. Um I did uh This isn't like Did he record it there? Yeah, so he did record it at Madison Square Garden in August. I um, uh, I listened to this news show, this news podcast called Breaking Points, with Crystal Ball and a guy named Sagar, whose last name I don't know. Which is probably it's probably problematic of me to not know his last name, but they were talking about it, and I think they both are like um, fans, at least past fans of Louis C.K.'s comedy, and they made a couple like miss. I sent an email. Because they had a couple of facts wrong in it. By the way, not even about the the masturbation and whatnot. It was about, like, they called this Louis C.K.'s first special. It was the first he was doing comedy, like, underground, hidden. And he was doing comedy at, like, the fucking Comedy Cellar, like, the most prestigious club um, in the country. And this is also, he put out a special at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, They had some other facts and stuff wrong. I sent him an email. I'm one of those people that sends emails to podcasts. So you should be one of those people. And send a voicemail, by the way, 253-237-3217. I have the last voicemail of the year coming up uh, pretty soon. Um, The Louis special is fucking awesome. Again, it's like the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm thing. I So to me, Louis C.K.'s uh chewed up his special chewed up is the best special in the history of comedy. That's the, to me, that's the Holy text. That's as good as it gets. His next one. Hilarious was good. I think when he started making the show and just churning out that and a special every year, I don't think that they were as good. I think the quality was worse. And then 2017 came out. This is before his, his fall from grace. And it was great. It was on Netflix. It was the last one on Netflix. And then all the controversy happened, and Louis kind of went into hiding and came back with um, whatever the one in – I don't even remember what the one was called in uh, in, um, 2020. And it was good, but it was like – you're like, again, you look at this guy, and you're like, oh, he's now in his, like, 50s, maybe late 50s. Maybe he lost the fastball. It's good. It's good. It was a quality start, yeah, he's in his early fifties, I guess he's fifty four right now, but this most recent one, um sorry is like on almost on par, if not on par with chewed up in my opinion, fucking awesome. It was great. if you enjoy that type of thing, very, 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 very good, okay. Last voicemail of the year. Uh first off, I'm gonna play this one because I don't really know. I can't figure out if it's on purpose or not. Yeah, I feel like it might be a threat. Can you uh can you help me figure out if this is a threat? It's also from an under number. Anyways, here's uh here's the last voicemail of the year. Before we listen to it, follow me at uh the KC McLean on all platforms. Tell a friend, a loved one, a coworker about this podcast. Uh, Send a voicemail, 253-237-3217. Let's hear this voicemail. Oh, by the way, this is from my buddies at uh, Stupid Ass Media, who I did their podcast a couple couple months ago, and then they've they've come out. They saw me, um, I think a couple of them saw me in Spokane, and then they came. No, they didn't. I think they came out to Tacoma to see me. Um, was the first time we actually met in person. And they were fucking very fun. Very drunk guys. Live in Yakima, Washington. Stupid-ass media. I think there's a podcast version and a YouTube version. Maybe they were banned on YouTube for a while. They might be back, but check them out. Um, Two brothers and another guy that seems like he should be their brother. Here we go.
1: Yo, Casey. Yo, so you're on the show right now? Um, What do you uh think... I know I asked you this for your number a while ago. What do you think about the Jake Paul Woodley part two? Do you think it was rigged? Do you think Jake? Casey McLean. Casey McLean, yeah. We're uh, Casey McLean. We're doing So hey Casey McLean. dude. McClain. What do you, you What do you think about Jake Paul? Do you, is this a generic question, or should we ask him just for the number? Jake Paul. No. We should ask Casey something funny. Uh, funny. True. We should ask him something funny,
0: that's huh? all right let's start with this jake paul was the was the fight rigged the punch seemed like it really knocked out tyron woodley i'm open to the conspiracy that it was fake that uh tyron woodley took a dive to boost jake paul's career or maybe that's not even the paul the fight I, by the way i don't even really know the paul brothers apart i know that i saw jake paul i think it was jake paul knock out tyron woodley convincingly um was it rigged? I don't know, but these guys are both revitalizing and making a mockery of boxing at the same time. Here's 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 a funny.
1: What do you think, what do you think about uh, let's see what do you think about Pete Davidson fighting Kim Kardashian? How about that? <laughs> we got two questions for you there, pal. On your on your next podcast. Pete Davidson, fucking mm. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, let's go. Dude, we went the Casey Show. He was fucking hilarious. Huh? All right, y'all, right. right, dog, later.
0: All right. Thank you guys. Stupid ass media. Go check him out. Um so Pete Davidson, fucking Kim Kardashian. Congratulations to Pete Davidson. This man's he's doing big things. First off, he dated uh Cassie David, who is the aforementioned Larry David's daughter. I can't imagine that Larry David was thrilled about a comedian dating his daughter, especially not one who's like looks like a heroin addict is known. <laughs> actually, by the way, to bring it all the way to really connect some dots, also got mad because Louis Louis C.K. told on him for smoking weed too much <laughs> behind the scenes of <laughs> I don't know if Pete, da- you know, Pete Davidson's one of these guys that like I I feel this about Michael Che also is like kind of SNL robbed us of someone who could have been an all-time great uh, stand-up. I think Pete Davidson's very funny, but this, I don't think he's put out like a great album or great special. Um, I don't care about SNL at all, but I do think he's incredibly talented. But I don't think, what people who say he's not funny, how can you disagree? What can you point to? What stand-up can you point to? Not the special that came out on Netflix, for sure. Maybe you saw him, in person when he was younger and we're like, this guy's very good and he will be great. But this is the, this is the dating history according to page six.com. So Carly Aquilino, um, oh, let's see some ages on these people. Cause this is what's, what's most exciting to me is Pete Davidson. How old are you? Big man. So Pete Davidson is 28 years old. That son of a bitch. Carly Aquilino. I'm going 33 is my guess. 31. So she's an older woman. Good for you, Pete Davidson. And then he dated uh, Cassie David. After that, let's find out how old Cassie David is. I think she might be younger than him. I heard her on... So she's 27. We're getting into... uh, i guess more age-appropriate territory although 31's fine um the big one the big the one that got away ariana grande is how this is a quite a gossip podcast by the way she's 28 um so roughly pete's age i'm not going to look up to see if they are uh the same age or not kate beckinsale is where we really got crazy Uh, Kate Beckinsale is, so Pete's 28, Kate Beckinsale is 48 and looks truly amazing for 48 years old. Doing great, Kate Beckinsale, and doing great, Pete. Good job, Pete. Way to go. I think Kate Beckinsale had a history of dating, like, first off, younger men. Oh, and she's, I think she's British too, right? Yeah, she's British. (sighs) Ah. So she got divorced in it looks like two thousand three, and let's see that dating history because I think there's a couple, couple youngsters on that uh, on that dating history. Where are we at? Um, Len Wiseman. So she's forty eight. Len Wiseman is forty eight also. Good, good, good. Maybe I'm wrong. How? Oh. Kate Beckinsale, never been drunk, never taken drugs, never had a one-night stand. Have some fun, lady. Let's see. Is there nothing about... Oh, no, okay. Len Wiseman, just Pete Davidson? All right. Just Pete Davidson as the youngster. All right. I guess she got divorced in 2016 from Lynn Wiseman. And then we go down Pete Pete Davidson's uh, Margaret Qualley, who I don't really know who she is. But uh, let's see. Man, this guy just really does it. He just really dates. He really dates. Uh, Let's get to Kim Kardashian. We're at Kim Kardashian. He's 28 years old. I think Kim Kardashian is, uh, is she 40? 41. Still a very beautiful woman. Um, what does she have? Four children? Are they all with... Are they all with... Uh, oh, this is nuts. She was a Republican before 2016. Officially. I didn't know that. I think that we got to, like, stop with the, like, if they're a Republican, they have to be bad thing. Because cause truly, uh, Kim Kardashian has done more... For equality than a lot of people. Why? I mean, I mean how? F- I did listen to the whole voicemail, right? I'm so goddamn tired, everybody. I'm so tired. That's my, my other New Year's resolutions. Get more sleep and then all the generic ones. Uh, drink less, work out more, lose weight, all that stuff. But God, I got to get more sleep this year. Um, and, and actually listen to less podcasts is also on that list. All right. So what are my thoughts? I don't know. Oh, the other thing is uh, Kanye West bought a house across the street from Kim Kardashian. And in typical social media, bad faith interpretation fashion, people are interpreting that as Kanye wants to like stalk Kim Kardashian and stalk Pete Davidson. And I think that these are clearly people who don't have children because I think the moment you have a kid, you think about how difficult it would be to be separated from that kid a lot of the time. If you're married when you have a kid, or if you're dating someone when you have a kid, the idea of partial custody is difficult for a lot of people. I guess it's actually not that difficult for some people, but I mean, good for Kanye West, provided this is not some sort of act of aggression, good for him to buy, to make the fucking divorce for his kids, the transition, as easy as possible. Is. Are all of her kids with Kanye I don't really keep up with uh oh god i don't I was gonna say I don't keep up with the Kardashians and I hate myself for saying that um let's see born do we gotta all right this is not a okay oh yeah so Northwest I remember Northwest being born and then we have uh saint oh Chicago that's a cool name for a kid and I genuinely mean that everything I say sounds sarcastic and I don't mean it that way this time and Psalm. Um, anyway, uh, cool. Good for you, Kanye West. Good for you, Pete Davidson. I hope that, Oh, they were, they had God, surrogates might be the way to go for these kids. That's what they did. The last two kids. Um, good for you. Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian I don't give a shit I don't give a shit also i I tried to write a joke about this it might come back at some point but pete I like Pete Davidson swinging out of his age his age class or whatever out of his age group older women need love too baby I would I would have if I was on a dating app right now I'd have my the age of the woman I was pursuing set from like thirty. I don't think I can do. Uh, these like monsters that are in their thirties and have the age set down to 18. I can't, I can't fuck with you guys. No good. You're gotta be a piece of shit, but I'd have that shit up to 99. Who cares? Older women have something to offer. That's they got to do the clap emojis in between that. That's the good way to end uh 2021, but I am happily married and Older ladies, if you're listening to this, keep your fucking hands off. Okay? Come see me do stand-up comedy in 2022, please. Um, Even in 2021, the brief chance you still have to do it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Keep listening. Please help me grow it. Uh, I hope you have a good new year, and I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll, uh, As the fucking corny assholes say, I'll see you next year.